0: If you are behind on your bills, then this message is for you. How would you like to have a large portion of your credit card debt or medical bills forgiven? National Credit Card Relief would like to give you free information on a proven debt forgiveness program. It's not bankruptcy. It's not consolidation. This special program actually wipes clean the portion of your debt that is forgiven. Call for your free forgiveness information now. 800-719-2090. That's 800-719-2090. Don't wait. Call 800-719-2090. No. Despite last year's rally, the stock market is no sure bet in 2014. Log on to top12stocks.com for a free special report of the 12 stocks you should buy right now to profit from this year. Don't miss out on these potentially highly profitable opportunities from our team of experts, Mark Skousen, Chris Versace, Nicholas Vardy, and Doug Fabian. Their recommendations are yours free for a limited time. Top12stocks.com for your free special report of the 12 stocks you should buy right now. Log on now, top12stocks.com. This is Money Wise. Your host is Roman Baczynski, certified financial planner and president of Oakwood Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through National Planning Corporation, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor, Oakwood Financial LLC, NPC, and any other named entities are separate and unrelated companies. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that have been deemed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Indices are unmanaged. Managed and do not allow for direct investment. Past performances cannot guarantee future results. Neither NPC nor Oakwood Financial Network LLC accept any liability for the use of the information discussed. Consult with a qualified financial, legal, tax, or real estate professional prior to taking any action. Stay tuned for an enlightening hour about managing your financial future. Now, here's Roman.
1: Good evening to all of you listeners out there today, and by the way, happy Memorial Weekend to you. What a great weekend we're having, beautiful weather, time out from our daily busy schedules, taking time to remember those that paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country and enjoying time with our families, hopefully. If you're listening to this show, I hope you're still enjoying the outdoors, barbecues, and things that you have going on. But I certainly do appreciate you listening during this holiday weekend I'm Roman Baczynski, president of Oakwood Financial Network and certified financial planner. And as your host of MoneyWise, I'm thrilled to have had this opportunity to spend Sunday evenings, day in, day out, listening to your questions, talking about topics related to something near and dear to all of you your money. Your money doesn't take a break, time keeps on moving. And we always need to be prepared. So whether you are beginning your career, in the middle of it, getting ready to retire, or maybe you're already there, we look to discuss topics and strategies to help you better prepare for your financial success. So let's get ready to spend the next hour covering these topics. Happy to take some of your calls this evening. My call-in number is 1-800-923-9385. And um, remember, what makes this show interesting tends to be your questions. I think in the past year or so, we've covered so many different topics. Many of them tend to lead us back to retirement and preparing for retirement, since that is considered what we call the ultimate vacation, one that might last you 10, 20, 30 years or longer. And quite frankly, that's a long time uh, to live off of your portfolio. And uh, when you look at things in that nature and you factor in inflation, Retirements are are um, something that require proper planning, and a lot of time has to be spent on creating a proper plan. If you don't do it now, guess what? Chances are that you won't have the outcome that you are looking to have. One of the things uh, you know that i I hear about often on this show and, and in my practice, folks are wondering, you know how could they possibly retire early? The key here is or the interesting part is this. We're living longer, but at the same time, we're looking to retire sooner and be more active. Let's face it, it's every working stiff's dream saying goodbye to that daily grind while still having all of your teeth. In our early retirement fantasies, you know, we like to travel the world healthy and in our prime uh, condition of our lives, able to do things without the normal aches and pains, visiting those hard to reach places in the country uh, where we've always talked about and read about, uh, maybe dining on some of the world's finest local fare. Surveys show that more than half of the workers between the ages of 30 and 50 plan to retire before they're 60 years old. But there's only one problem with this wishful thinking, Retiring early is easy, but making your money last, that's the hard part. One problem with saving up for early retirement is that we tend not to think beyond those first glorious years of good health and full checking accounts. We don't do the long-term math a lot of times, and that's where the problems begin. Our saving stock market investments and 401k accounts need to last us several decades, especially if we're looking to retire early. And what if we live even longer than the normal averages, 30 years or more? That is a long, long time to have our money last. By the way, don't forget that life can get tricky during those last 5, 10, 15 years of retirement. Very few fortunate souls drift away in their sleep at the age of 88 or 90 without ever having major surgeries, hospitalizations, or chronic and expensive conditions to manage. Not to mention the ever-increasing costs of medical insurance and prescription drugs. I don't want this show to be negative. It's not. I, I, I tend to bring up these things only to get you thinking, people, because... This is life, this is reality. I wish all of you a wonderful, tremendous retirement filled with your dreams and things that you want to accomplish, but reality does throw us some curveballs. While we tend to overestimate our health, we underestimate our post-retirement financial needs. There was a survey done in the last decade, let's say, that found that only 17% of workers thought they needed um, about 80% of their salary after retirement. 40% 40% thought they, they'd be fine to live on 60% of their current earnings. That might suffice for a few good years, but the longer you live, the less chance your money will last. Furthermore, isn't it possible that traveling the world and living out of a suitcase could get pretty tedious? Do you ever think that you might be bored with a, without a day job? Do you have enough hobbies and interests to sustain you for 20, 30 years or more without business trips, deadlines, and daily meetings? don't get discouraged. If you're serious about retiring early and dedicating uh, to making it work for you, you can make it happen. All it takes is some serious financial planning and a strict budget and some good old-fashioned luck, too. So Heidi, start planning for the early retirement. What are the most important calculations? What are some common mistakes? Those are some of the topics that I'm going to dive in with you this evening, Um, and we'll talk about this for a little while. The first step when planning for early retirement is really to figure out exactly how much money you have right now. This is called your net worth. Net worth is calculated by adding up all of your assets, cash, stock, retirement accounts and the value of your home, and then subtracting all of your outstanding debt, mortgage, student loans, credit card debt, debt, and so on. When you know how much you have, you need to figure out how much money you'll need when you retire. This amount really depends on several factors. What you want to do when you retire, how early you want to retire, and what standard of living you want to enjoy in retirement. If you want to keep up with your current standard of living as a retiree, the rule of thumb is that you'll be spending monthly at least 80% of what you're spending now. That other 20% that you won't be spending usually accounts for work-related expenses such as gas, public transportation fares, um, for your commute, dry cleaning bills, lunches, and the like, expensive clothes, suits for your occupation, um, certain travel. Uh, when you start to look at that, and then if you think about it, if you if you plan on traveling in retirement, playing golf, um, fixing up a classic car, or doing something else, you can quickly make up that twenty percent that you thought you'd be saving by not working. And by the way, don't forget you'll have an extra 40, 50 hours a week of time on your hands. So in many cases, as people come and visit me and they jot down their expenses and their dreams and what they're they're looking to spend money on, when we go item by item and create a, lack of a better term, budget for them as far as where they want to spend their money, by the time we get to that tally, many times they find out that, "Hey, hey, wait a minute, it's not 80%. It's 100 110% of what I'm earning now that I need uh, to live on if I'm going to do all these great things. So you need to look at all this stuff. And uh, one other thing and perhaps most important factor when calculating how much you'll need is how early you want to retire. There's a big difference in planning for a 20-year retirement at, age, uh, at an age 40, for example, and retiring at perhaps age 65. Plus, the earlier you retire, the longer you'll have to wait to get Social Security benefits. This isn't a problem for people who retire after the minimum age of collecting Social Security, which is currently 62. But if you retire too early, you might not have enough to get you by until Social Security kicks in. You might end up depleting a large portion of your overall portfolio. When you're employed, you pay part of the monthly insurance premium and your employer pays the rest. If you're self-employed, you pay both ends. But when you retire, your guaranteed coverage under the same insurance policy for the next 18 to 36 months through a consolidated, or COBRA is what we call it for health insurance, um, kicks in. COBRA is meant as a temporary protection for employees who lose or change jobs. Now we're talking about health insurance, not social security here. But even with COBRA benefits, you'll be paying the full premium, including what your boss used to pay. So most of us don't factor in health care costs. And a lot of us uh, know what it's like when you retire that your health benefits just don't continue with you into retirement. There's something you have to absorb on your own. Those calculations have to be added into your retirement budget you're not eligible by the way for medicare benefits until you're 65 so again retiring early you have to factor that in until you reach that age you'll need a supplement supplementary insurance policy when you apply for a new policy after cobra runs out you might be surprised at how expensive it is to insure a 60 year old with a pre-existing medical condition those are just some things that you need to consider about when you're looking to retire early it sounds good it sounds great to be honest with you but the only way to know if your planned retirement spending will work is to try a dry run, uh, to, to try to live on three or, or more months of your projected monthly amount that you hope to live on when you're retired. Um, and if that doesn't work for you now, if you try it out now, it certainly is not going to work for you when you factor in increased health costs and insurance costs down the line. I'm Roman Baczynski. As always, really happy to be here this Sunday. Even though it's a holiday weekend, I'm sure there's some of you out there listening to the show and um, have these thoughts and concerns on your mind. We're here to help. We've been here for quite some time. My call-in number to the show um, was posted to you, and uh, you're welcome to call the show if you want to and ask a question. That number is 800-923-9385. By the way, if you want to come in and have a sit-down with me, My office number is 248-312-7217. You're welcome to give me a call at the office, set up a free consultation. We'll go over your current approach, help identify areas that need attention, and try to draft and create a plan that will work for you. Um, I had one gentleman call in and uh, say, you know, um, I was looking to get on your calendar. Uh, Do you have a minimum You know, when I take on clients, I do have required minimums. Uh, My my schedule is quite busy. But that doesn't mean that I won't create a free hour for you to come in and get you started on the right path. Either way. So don't hesitate to give me a call. Once again, I'm Roman Baczynski. Happy to be here hosting Money Wise on AM 1400 The Patriot and 92.7 FM. Home of the one and only John McCullough Show. Heard here weeknights from 6 to 7 p.m. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after after these few messages. Thank you.
2: These days, there seem to be more things to keep us up at night, especially with our personal finances and our concerns about retirement. Roman Bashinsky is a certified financial planner. He is a guy that, believe me, he looks at the big picture. When he looks at the big picture, he looks at it in a way that whoever you go to, your own, if you do your own work, you might not have thought of. And if there's anything you've missed, especially from a tax standpoint, you really want to know about it. You deserve that second opinion. I can reach out to Roman anytime, and so can you. And you can reach out right now to Roman Byszynski and get yourself a one-hour consultation. Complimentary one-hour consultation, complete with a written report of a whole thing when you're all through. And I think you'll see what I mean. Call him at 248-312-7217. That's the number at Oakwood Financial. Don't forget to tell him that I asked you to call. That's 248-312-7217. 248-312-7217. Roman Baczynski at Oakwood Financial.
0: Now back to Money Wise with Roman Baczynski.
1: Welcome back folks. This is Roman Baczynski here on Money Wise and we've been talking a little bit about uh, early retirement planning and maybe some of the early retirement mistakes that some people may make if they they do plan on leaving the workforce early. There are some traps to avoid when you're planning for early retirement. There are many of them I should say but uh, we're going to cover some of them. The first really has to do with Social Security and how your benefits are calculated. The Social Security Administration bases your monthly benefits on the average of your salary during your 35 highest earning years of work. If you retire too early before you've worked for 35 years, then your non-working years will be counted as zeros. It's also important to understand that when should you start collecting your Social Security? The Social Security Administration allows you to start collecting as early as 62, but that's not considered full retirement age. For example, if you were born in 1937, your full retirement age is 65. But if you were born after 1960, your full retirement age is 67. Full retirement age means that you'll receive your full Social Security benefits only if you wait to collect until you're 65 or 67 in these two examples. If you start collecting at 62, you're only going to receive a partial benefit or a reduced benefit. Calculated over the length of your retirement, chances are you'll receive 25% less Social Security benefits if you start collecting at age 62, as opposed to waiting until your full retirement age, or, by the way, even beyond that full retirement age. One of the other fears that, that people seem to forget about is inflation. Inflation is another one of those hidden traps when planning for your financial future. The average annual inflation rate I like to use in my plans is about 3% and at that rate, your money will be worth considerably less 30 to 40 years down the road. For example, if you had a million dollars this year, it would be worth about half that amount in 24 years or so when you consider what inflation will do to it. There are also some important tax considerations to keep in mind when planning for your future finances. As we've mentioned, there are tough tax penalties for withdrawing money in early from perhaps your 401k, your IRA. Um, or other qualified plans, that 10% penalty comes into play. I've had some people, some clients, dear friends of mine today that have come in to visit with me and have um, wanted to and have actually retired prior to age 59 and a half. It's not just a matter of having enough money, for example, to be able to retire financially independent. The bigger issue is, is where are you going to draw that money from? You know, you might be somebody that has been a a great saver over the years, and perhaps you put away a large sum of money. But if you put it away in the wrong type of an account, do you know how you're going to access that money? There's one thing about accumulating wealth that's important, but there's also a science to taking distributions from your portfolio when you're in the income phase of of receiving your assets. If you put away a couple million dollars, two, three, four million dollars, or or even more over your working years – and if that money was tied up in qualified plans, 401ks, IRA accounts, things of that nature, you know, if you weren't at those magic ages, such as 59 and a half on IRA accounts, how are you going to draw that money out without uh, paying a 10% government penalty? Remember, age 59 is when you may start drawing on your IRA accounts, and 70 and a half is when you must start drawing on your IRA-type accounts. So... Well, there are exceptions to the rule, 70T being one of those exceptions, basically allowing you to take substantially equal periodic distributions over a period of five years or, or, or longer sometimes if you're if you're really taking out money at a younger, younger age. It's age 59 and a half or five years, whichever is longer. So if you retired at age 58 and you took out penalty-free equal substantial periodic distributions, you'd have to take those payments for five years without varying from those payments. Otherwise, you'd have a retroactive penalty of 10% on all the distributions that you had taken. There are ways, you know, to make things work for you. You just need to be aware of the rules and the regulations. And unfortunately, a lot of us will, will do the right thing and put money away. But many of us, more of us, most of us won't really sit down and figure out, are we putting money in the right types of accounts? Are we creating equal balances between pre-tax and after-tax investments? That, to me, is is more and more important as taxes are more likely to climb as time goes by. When I started out my career 25 years ago, one of the common principles was to put money away, have people, when they start out their careers, try to put away as much as they can into their IRAs, 401ks, retirement accounts while they were working, only to take that money out when they retired when they dropped into a lower tax bracket. Does that still make sense today? Think about that for a minute, if it still makes sense. And here's why I bring up that question. If you're talking to somebody, the next generation coming out of college, perhaps having significant student loan debt, not, not many assets, starting their first job, maybe making twenty twenty-five thousand $25,000 a year, just throwing out a number here. Is that person in a high tax bracket starting out? No. They're, they're not in the highest tax bracket. They're not in their peak earning years. But yet, you know, it, when we go through financial planning curriculums, we're we, we often taught, you know, save pre-tax, put it away, you get a tax deduction, it's a good thing. I'll tell you what's a good thing is compounding. Having money compound over many, many years is an unbelievable thing. But is it necessarily the right thing to take a tax deduction only to pay taxes on that money in your later years? Think about that for a minute. If you're not in the highest tax bracket, you're starting out your career, you put money away, you take a little tax deduction while you're in a 15% tax bracket, and you put money away regularly and amass a, a fortune by the time you retire. Are you really going to take that money out and, and pay taxes at a lower tax bracket? When you look at our social systems, such as Social Security, which is, uh, let's just use the word somewhat underfunded, and then you move on to Medicare, uh, that is even more underfunded, which ended up borrowing money to Obamacare uh, to start up yet another social program, if you will. Um, Is it likely that taxes are going to go down in the future? I don't think so. Chances are that we'll all be paying some higher level of taxation to support all these different programs. I would venture to say that the next generation may be better suited by putting monies away in, in deferred accounts but not necessarily deductible accounts and Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks may be better suited for a lot of these individuals starting out their careers because ultimately that money is scheduled to come out income tax-free or federally income tax-free when they get around to drawing that money out. Guess what you just did there? You took some of the guesswork out of what your tax bracket is going to be in 30 or 40 years. We don't know that. We don't know what our tax brackets are going to be 10 years from now, the way things are going. So how could we possibly predict what tax bracket you're going to be in 20, 30, or 40 years from now if you're starting out your career today? I love the idea of somebody putting money into a Roth IRA at a younger age and or a Roth 401k if their employer allows such a contribution. Remember the key thing here is if you're getting tax deferred growth on these accounts, that is really the key. Compound interest is an unbelievable thing. Believe this or not, I sat down with my 13-year-old son last week on a piece of paper. Now, he he wasn't planning on this conversation, but being a financial planner, I can't help myself. I pulled him in. We took out a piece of paper. And my son started out with a bank savings account. As he got money for birthdays, holidays, Christmas, and things like that, we put the money in the bank. Quickly we taught him, you know, the piggy bank, that's all your money too. Ever since he was a little kid, he'd go to his older brother's rooms and take all the money off of their shelves that they didn't care about, a quarter here, a nickel there, and before you knew it, there's two three hundred bucks in the piggy bank. That ultimately got transferred over to the bank that's paying close to zero today. We then moved that money on over to a good mutual fund family and set up an account for him. My deal with my son is that I'm not buying him a car in the future. I'm not I'm not giving him money for free. However he realizes that anything he gives me, I'll put in three times that amount into his account. Mind you, he's not working. The only money he gets is from grandma, grandpa, grandparents, family, relatives, holidays. But if he gives me fifty dollars, I'll put two hundred dollars in his mutual fund for him. If he finds, if he's lucky enough to give me two hundred fifty dollars, I'm on the hook for a thousand. But I don't care. I'm teaching him a very valuable lesson at a young age that putting money away will ultimately give him freedom, independence, and choices. And at 13 years old, what we did is we took this account. He's got about $5,000 in there, and we put some numbers to it. And I started talking to him about one rule that we learn in my business. It's called the rule of 72. And it's, it's pretty interesting. It's very easy to understand. Take that number 72. Whatever you're earning on your money, divide it into 72, and whatever number that comes out to be, that's how long it will take for your money to double. So here's the example. If you are earning, let's say for example, 6% on your money, you have a 6% average. 6 will go into 72 12 times. It takes 12 years for $1,000 to double to $2,000, $100 to double to $200 at 6%, 12 years. Okay. If you're lucky enough to earn 8% on your money on average, your money will double every nine years. It'll go into 72 nine times. At 9%, eight years. At 12%, your money will double every six years. At 3%, your money will double every 24 years. And by the way, if you're earning 1% on a CD, one goes into 72, 72 times. Yes, 72 years. Your 1000 bucks will be 2072 years, which might buy you a gumball at that point after inflation. Now remember what I said about compound interest because that also works with inflation. So in my son's case, I sat down with him at that age of 13 and said, If your account, which he had a very good year last year, but if your account was lucky enough to average an 8% rate of return, it would double every nine years. At 13 years old, $5,000, never adding a nickel to it again, by the time he would hit normal retirement age, he'd have over $600,000 without adding another nickel to this $5,000, assuming an 8% average rate of return that's an amazing thing to share with a young person at his age Uh, and believe it or not you might think that they don't get it kids are like sponges you give them a basic lesson they absorb it he's already amazed at how much he has in this account he's looking forward to cutting a couple of lawns this summer and making a few extra dollars because um, he's got a matching 401k in my opinion it's dad who's putting in money on his behalf and helping him out with that that contribution but more importantly teaching him a very valuable lesson. So keep that in mind. I'm Roman Baczynski. You're listening to MoneyWise right here on AM 1400, The Patriot and 92.7 FM. We're going to take a short commercial break and we'll be right back after these brief messages. Thank you.
3: Granite Law is a law firm with partners in each state we do business. Our initial consultation is free. Granite Law is not licensed in all states. Attention homeowners. The Obama administration is pressuring lenders to do more to prevent foreclosure with its Home Affordability and Stability Plan. If you own a home and you're having trouble making your payments or facing foreclosure, you need to call Granite Law's Mortgage Helpline today at 800 391 6649. A loan modification program can stop foreclosure proceedings, forgive late payments and penalties, take your adjustable rate mortgage to a fixed rate, and even reduce reduce your mortgage payment to as low as 2%.
2: I seriously started to believe that we might end up on the street with our two kids. So we called Granite Law, and they helped us get our past due payments forgiven. And we got a lower interest rate. (laughs) And now we have a payment we can afford.
3: If you're having trouble making your mortgage payment, you need to call 800-391-6649 today. 800-391-6649. You don't need equity or good credit. You just need to call 800-391-6649.
2: We're in the money, we're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money, the sky is sunny. Oh, man, depression, you are through, you done us wrong. Oh,
0: now, back to Money Wise with Roman Baczynski.
1: Welcome back, folks. Again, this is Roman Baczynski. You're listening to Money Wise on this beautiful Memorial Weekend. Looks like we have a caller on the line. Tom, are you with us? Yes, I am. Hi, Tom. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing today? Doing wonderful. Doing great, thanks. How can I help you today?
4: Yeah, I was just calling to see if I could get a little more advice from you. I have that um, rollover from my 401k um, from Ford Motor Company. And uh, in the disper- disbursement, they um, I was wanted to take some after-cash money, and um, apparently they misled me, and I, I got some... Pre tax money as well. And I'm still trying to get that straightened out.
1: You bet, Tom. Uh, Thanks for calling in. Tom, um, I'm going to share with our audience because I'm familiar with your case since you've been in to visit with me. And let me give a little bit more information on this to our listeners. Um, You, uh, like many individuals, are are no longer at what was your former employer. And and many times we'll look at taking our 401ks and moving them on to an IRA or an account of our own where we want to self-directed, if you will. And I remember this call because uh, as we sat in my office, we made a phone call on to my Ford Benefits. And um, the first call, we had a pleasant gentleman on the phone, nice uh, English-speaking person. And as you made your request as to what you wanted uh, accomplished was to roll over your 401k. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but the gentleman made it very clear that you happen to have a significant sum of what he considered or he called after-tax monies in your portfolio, and he asked you what you wanted to do with that after-tax portion. Am I correct?
4: Yes, that is correct.
1: So I remember being on the call with you because uh, the instructions were, if this money is truly after-tax, after-tax, in in my understanding, means it's been taxed, that we didn't want to mix that money with your pre-tax monies, and the request was to roll over your pre-tax monies, and then cut you a separate check for that after-tax sum that he clearly identified to us on the phone. Is that correct?
4: Yep. Yes, that
1: is correct. Well, lo and behold, uh, as you did receive your funds, um, what happened? Taxes were well, taken
4: out. <laughs> yes, and uh, and quite about a lot, large amount as you know, so. well. It, it was.
1: And, and to make matters even worse with this situation. You're still working. Uh, I wanted to share that with our viewer audience. So as you're still earning a a nice income, to receive a significant distribution that is now taxable has propelled you into the next tax bracket when we'd calculated the numbers. Right. So moving forward, we kindly uh, made a phone call to their toll-free number. And um, I remember talking to several of these individuals, and it's odd. When you look at And I'm not trying to pick on one company. Uh, I see this mistake with several large companies, and it's frustrating to me as a financial planner because when somebody tells you something on the phone that is very specific, after tax money, this money's been already taxed, and then you receive it and they take taxes out, you would think a simple phone call to them saying, hey, you guys made a mistake. Uh, I haven't cashed this check. Uh, This was not supposed to be taxable. Can you go ahead and, and remedy the situation? What's their response? All decisions are final, is what they tell us. Yes, and
4: now, the website was misleading as well. You know,
1: extremely, extremely, yes. because it it verified the same exact information, pre-tax right. and after-tax monies. Mm-hmm. What's frustrating to me as a planner is, is when we get on the phone and identify ourselves. The person doesn't want to give their last name as if they don't have one. They don't want to give their extension number as if they don't have one. And their common uh, uh, taped response is all decisions are or all transactions are final, even when they make mistakes, and these mistakes cost people a great deal of money. What you and I had done, which I, I thought was the appropriate measure, was We called. We called back. They uh, asked if we can uh, chat with the supervisor that would get back to us in a reasonable amount of time. I don't believe that had happened, so we had to call again and again, eventually leading to us writing a letter, putting everything in writing with our timeline as to how this transaction uh, took place. Um, As I understand it, as we sit here today several weeks later, uh, if not longer uh, you 've received a letter back in the mail, basically reiterating what they had done incorrectly, and that they would take up to another ninety days or so before they got back to you. Is that correct? Yes, plus the ninety days
4: on top of that, if needed be, if need be, yeah. so it was very disappointing.
1: So not only that, you sit here with a check in hand that uh, you're wondering if you should cash, which you should not. You know, that was our Mm -hmm. discussion because they made an error here. We're hoping they rectify the matter and, quite frankly... It's a painless process on their end. It was their mistake. They sent money into the government that they shouldn't have, and they and they could go ahead and collect that money back by properly filing. It's just a tedious process on their end. You happen to be the little guy. They happen to be the giant, and unfortunately, they're not willing to roll up their sleeves and, and correct the situation. I hope they do. Yeah. We're certainly not going to drop this situation because it's important to me. Uh, you know this from yes. several of meetings that we've had. I'm pretty passionate yeah. about our approach and trying to help you and while y- you know your approach was well it is what it is initially I think you see yeah. the value in saving four or five thousand dollars of taxes that you sh- I, shouldn't be paying if,
4: if I would have not had your advice I would have cashed it I yeah. mean I would have gave up there's no way I would have pursued this but with, well you know
1: well here's the good news Tom you and I are yeah. friends now we yeah. you will not go this alone Um, um, but my business, I think you're learning more and more about it is that when I take on a client, I'm going to see things through the beginning to the end. And this Mm -hmm. isn't over yet. I'm hopeful that we will have a positive outcome. You know, obviously our next level is to, uh, if they don't react and respond in a proper fashion, then we take it on to the next level. But too many people will, will say, look, there's no way I'm going to win this battle. Um, and they give up, and it's not right. It costs you no. money, extra taxes. Um, yeah, because
4: you know, the common person, average person, just doesn't know what to do. You know, I lean on you for that advice, and it's the best move I've made. So, I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable with, with what we're doing. I think it will be resolved. And. I'm, I feel good about it. I, well, You know, I'm, I don't feel good that I'm waiting, but,
1: you know. Sure, sure. I'm confident we're going to get resolution because, you know what, we're, we're persistent. We're, we're documenting everything that you're doing with, with the, the yep. letters. And it'll be interesting to see. And, and I'm really glad you called in because many people— uh work for that same uh former employer of yours uh which is a yep. wonderful company I have to say that I have nothing but the highest regards for that company I like where they're going I love their their product line I think they're uh, mm-hmm. a great company to work for but lesson be learned and this happens with a lot of wow. companies when you're dealing with people's benefits their money this is important and unfortunately some companies uh, put the wrong people in the wrong departments. This isn't a position for a green person reading a script. When you're dealing with people's money and taxes and the government are involved and there are significant consequences, you really can't have a person giving advice off of a a script that doesn't understand what's, what's really going on here and they're not advised or given the authority to act on these things. Uh, I find it hard to believe that a supervisor can't come on the phone after all this time and and return a call on something as important as this. So um, you reached out to the media, the radio. Hopefully there are more listeners listening into this because maybe you've gone through the same thing that that Tom has gone through here, where you thought you were getting an after-tax distribution, and lo and behold, they withheld taxes on you, sent them in, and perhaps that created a negative situation for you or caused you to go into the next tax bracket where you you didn't want to had they simply told you tom you know you you weren't aware that you had so much money in after tax uh, accumulation had they not even no. mentioned it to the penny what you had in no. after tax money we would have simply no. rolled that money over with the rest of your qualified monies cuz you didn't want it and you didn't need it right so it was Absolutely. almost like they were saying tom uh, you know what do you want us to do with this after tax money
4: you, you would have thought the first person we spoke with um, would have looked at that and said, well, wait a minute here. A uh, big chunk of this is um, pre-tax. Right. Or, Most know, of it is,
1: but, by the way. Most yeah. of it is pre-tax. Yeah. But it's not uncommon for you to have after-tax monies accumulated in these plans, uh, quite honestly. Right. I, I see it in my 25 years. It seems to be a regular situation where there are some monies accumulated, the thing is is they shouldn't give you those dollar amounts and specify them as after tax if in fact that was not the case. It's a simple mistake. Right. We we just yeah. ask that they, they they fess up to it and say, Yeah, you know what, we made a mistake. It's not a big deal. We'll we'll go yep. ahead and uh reissue you a check. We understand you didn't cash that one, we'll put a stop payment on it and uh after so many days we'll go ahead and reissue one properly. And if you like, if if we made an error on the numbers and, and by the way, less of this money is after tax than we thought no problem. Let's send it on You're over right. and add it to your qualified plan and everybody's happy. But they should step up yeah. and do the right thing in this situation.
4: Yeah, hopefully they will. Tom, yeah.
1: I hope you enjoy your holiday weekend. And um, I'm excited to work with you. We're going to get through this situation. And uh, yeah. uh, hopefully uh, when we discuss this next time on the air, maybe we'll be able to share with our viewer audience the, the, a positive outcome in this situation. And that if you stay persistent. Yeah, uh, it's not costing us any money to, to send no. letters, to follow up. To fo- It may be aggravating. Uh, I think yeah. it'll be rewarding if we get the outcome that is rightfully deserved, especially in your case here. So yeah. I certainly thank I, I, you I, for calling, by well, the way, and, and being a well, listener to the show.
4: Yes, thanks a lot, and
1: you have a great holiday weekend. Tom, all the best to you, and we'll be talking okay. soon. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, uh, Tom is not unlike a lot of our listeners. Uh, many times we look at taking these distributions from our former employer for for a lot of reasons. You know, when you look at 401k accounts, they've got a lot of great attributes to them, but sometimes when you leave an employer, you look and say, well, you know, maybe I can do uh better by or I have different investments I want to be involved in, so I'm going to move this money to an IRA account or maybe you know, because 401ks are governed by ERISA and, and IRAs are not. I'm going to go ahead and uh, move my money to an IRA because um, my wife passed away after 30 or 40 years, and I'm contemplating getting remarried and not for for all the wrong reasons or otherwise, but I want this money to go to my kids uh and therefore um I'm going to put it in an i r a and name them as the beneficiary, where the four oh one k would perhaps require the spouse or current spouse if you remarried be the beneficiary. There's a lot of reasons why people roll over or transfer their their monies when that happens you know you have to have some accountability from these companies as far as um, are they giving you the right information as far as what's taxable and what's not taxable? And we, we we count on that information. It should be accurate. So hopefully Tom will have a positive outcome. We're going to stay on this and continue to pursue it, and we'll hopefully have an update for you sometime in the future. By the way, I'm Roman Baczynski. Happy Memorial Weekend to you, and you're listening to Money Wise right here on AM 1400 The Patriot and 92.7 FM. We'll be back in just a few moments. Money.
0: Look, the worst part about business travel is worrying about my wife and kids at home alone. My family's safety is my responsibility. That's why I started researching home security. I called the big alarm companies, checked online, even looked at doing it myself. But the best technology for the best price came from Vivint yes Vivint gives me a complete security system but their video technology is unreal i can see what's going on in my home right from my smartphone tablet or computer i can even lock the doors remotely if my kids forget best yet i got Vivint's no equipment costs and free install deal thirteen hundred dollars worth of camera and security equipment at no charge Vivint was the easy choice for my family's safety. Take control of your family's safety with Vivint. Order now for up to $1,300 in security equipment at no charge. Just pay as little as $99 for activation. Plus, call now and installation is free. Call 1-800-236-7081. That's 1-800-236-7081. 1-800-236-7081. Restrictions apply. Up to 60-month agreement at minimum $49.99 per month. Not available in Louisiana. See Vivint.com
2: for license numbers. If you got it, you don't need it. If you need it. You don't got it, you don't get it, shame on you. Funny, 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 what money can do.
0: Now, back to Money Wise with Roman Baczynski.
1: Welcome back, folks. Happy to be here on this Memorial weekend, sharing some conversations with you about money matters and financial planning. And by the way, is this year shaping up to be uh, a year as you had anticipated, the markets uh, to, to react the way they have? Uh, here's why I bring that up to you. It's kind of interesting. You know, I don't think that there's a lot of analysts out there that would have thought interest rates on mortgages would be lower today as we are here at the end of May than they were uh, several months back. I mean, weren't we all planning on interest rates rising as the Fed starts this tapering process and has done so here for a little bit now? I don't think there's anybody out there that that would have estimated interest rates to actually drop instead of rise. And that's created some interesting conversation, to be quite honest with you. And how about the markets? You almost have to go back to 2012 to take a hard look at this. It was late 2012, before the year ended, where... Every media outlet that that covered finances talked about the debt ceiling crisis, this fiscal cliff, Bush tax cuts expiring, what's going to happen to qualified dividends. Financial planners are running right and left thinking, you know, do we get out of dividend paying stocks if if all of a sudden those taxes on those uh, 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 types of accounts end up going up to ordinary income tax rates. So much was happening that, and CNBC, I think, did the best job as far as having this ticking time bomb in the bottom half of their their, um, uh, station showing that this countdown was taking place and it almost looked like, you know, the world was going to come to an end at the end of 2012. Well, what happened? We started out last year, January 1st, the very first trading day, the Dow went up 308 points, 308 points. Now, if you were sitting on the sideline with all of your money because of all the media coverage of how the debt ceiling and the crisis was going to happen and so on, you know, Rightfully, human emotion would have said, put something to the sideline, maybe take it all to the sideline until the storm passes. So lo and behold, the first trading day, the market goes up 308 points. You say to yourself, you know, as soon as it dips, we're past this thing. As soon as we get a pullback, I'm going to buy in. You get to the end of January, the very first month of the year last year, the Dow's up about 5.8%. You say, oh, shoot, you know, this thing's getting away from me. As soon as it dips, I'm going to go ahead and buy in. You got to the end of the first quarter and nearly half of last year's returns were already made in the first 90 days of the year, giving you no opportunity to jump into this market. Then you take it a step further because the news wasn't really all positive last year. It was just a sequence of events that created the perfect storm to a good financial market or a good year in in, in the market's returns. It wasn't a green light that it was going to be a smooth sailing trip last year. But it's interesting when you look at it, because then the next item of contention was who's going to be our next Fed chairperson? Is it Yellen? Is it Summers? Who's going to get in? We know what she does. We, we're not so familiar with his strategy, so on and so forth. Lo and behold, I think it was one Sunday evening, I'm listening to the radio, and Summers drops out of the Fed chairperson race, and the market climbs yet to another level. the The story is really this. If you're an emotional investor, If you're chasing the markets, if you're reactive instead of proactive, I feel bad for you because I really think you have a hard struggle going forward if you're managing your own portfolio. now I'm not saying financial planners get this right all the time, but one of the biggest secrets I'll share with you as far as having a better outcome is trying to reduce or eliminate emotion in your investment planning process. Don't buy things just to buy them or you read it on, in Money Magazine or saw a commercial or, or Kramer said it on, on his show or what have you. You've got to have a proper strategy in place. And to me, what's kept me more level really has been trying to reduce or eliminate emotion out of the investment planning process. One way I can share with you that that might work for you is this. Look at things on a financial timeline. And I mean this in all sincerity. I think it's one of the biggest secrets about having a better outcome. Properly look at your goals, your needs, and your income sources and lay it out on a financial timeline. And here's what I mean by that. I'll I'll make it even simpler for you. Any money that you believe you're going to spend from now over the next couple of years, in my opinion, has absolutely no business being in the stock market, bond market, or any market that has no guarantees. Now, granted, you put your money in a savings account, you're not going to earn much. You're not going to keep pace with inflation. But here's the thing. Zero to two-year money, sometimes even a little bit longer, that's not an investment, folks. That's a use asset. Those are monies we're counting on using. And God forbid if your account went backwards and you're sending Joey to school or college in three years and you have less than what you started with, that's disastrous, not giving you enough time to recover. So, Short term money, one to two year money, it's a use asset. It's not an investment. When we take a step to three years out to maybe five or six, that's where monies need to be positioned where you can outpace inflation in some sort of a balanced approach. And by the way, if you have monies such as retirement monies and you're in your 40s, you know you can't touch it till 59 and a half or later, and it's a long term investment, that's the proper place to take on higher levels of risk if you're going to take on any at all or have comfort with it. It's your long-term portfolio. So long-term money, absolutely. Let them go in these markets. Short-term money, stay the heck out of the market. And that mid-range, a balanced approach works. And by the way, as time goes by, you need to adjust those dollars. As you spend the cash in the short-term buckets, replenish it from the mid-term bucket and from the long-term bucket. Make those adjustments. It sounds simplistic, it sounds non-scientific, but I got to tell you, you're going to help yourself reduce or eliminate some of the emotion that goes on with the day-to-day markets. Think about this year alone. Most analysts, when the year ended last year after a tremendous year, what was the general comment? Well, I think we'll have a pretty good year in 2014, maybe not as robust as 13, but still positive. All these predictions start coming out. Remember I said last January the market went up 308 points the very first trading day and had a 55 to 6% return for the first month of the year? How do you think this year went? 2014. The very first trading day, the Dow was off over 100 points. By the end of the month, depending on which market you were looking at, the Dow, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the markets were down somewhere between 4 and 5.5%, respectively. Very different story from 2013, almost the exact opposite. But yet we were predicting a, a, a fantastic year or another good year. February made up some of those losses. And by the way, if you were an emotional investor, if you were worried about the day-to-day ups and downs, you might have panicked after January, maybe f- buying into the notion as so goes January, so goes the year. And you might have pulled out of the market at the end of January, losing 4, a half, five percent and then all of a sudden, February made it back. And now you sit there and you say to yourself, hey, uh, you know what, maybe maybe I was wrong. I shouldn't have gotten out, so I'll jump back in. So let's see here. You bought out after the market declined 4 or 5%. You let the market jump up 4 or 5% before you bought back in, so you're now buying back in at a premium from where you got out at, and you're on a roller coaster ride. That is no way to invest your long-term monies, monies that you need, for important events such as retirement, educational funding, taking care of your family. You need to be aware of these things. I don't know how this year is going to turn out, but I can tell you this. Short-term money doesn't belong in this market. Don't worry about the return on your short-term monies. Obviously, we want to get the best rate of return as we can with the little least amount of risk. However, it's really your longer term monies that should be exposed to the markets, not your short term assets giving you some time to recover. There's even more detail than that, more than I have time to go into on this show as we're running low on time. But it even breaks down further as to which money should you take on the most aggressive risk. You know, sometimes it's the qualified monies where you have Uncle Sam's money in your portfolio to play with as well. And we can talk about that on a different show. But you need to understand a lot of things. If you're going it alone, that's fine. But go it alone and do your homework and prepare. Financial success doesn't happen by accident. And, you know, a lot of times I get the question people will ask me, you know, what will a good financial planner do for me? First, you need to understand what is financial planning. It's not calling up a broker and saying, what's the hot stock pick? What should I buy here and there? That's, that's a small part of what you do as far as your portfolio goes. Financial planning is really the process of understanding your goals, knowing when you'll need to use your money and what you'll be using it for, then laying out a plan of action with specific steps you need to take to achieve those goals. To give you good advice uh, from a financial planner, they they really must gather a great deal of information about you. A good financial planner will give you advice as to many of the following items. What you need to do differently from what you're doing now to have success. How much you need to save to accomplish those goals once they know what your time horizon is. What types of retirement accounts you should be using? Should you go into an IRA? Maybe you should use a Roth IRA. Should you go into your company's 401k? Do they offer a Roth 401k? There's a lot that goes behind this. Is your company matching? Or if they're not, could you be doing something else on your own that is equally as lucrative or maybe better? If you have a mortgage... Should you have a mortgage? And if you have that mortgage, should it be adjustable or fixed? You know, those are discussions. I know a lot of times with my clients, as they're approaching retirement, we have a strong discussion on how important is it for them to have their mortgage paid off at or near retirement, or if they want to continue into retirement with a mortgage and if they should restructure that debt for cash flow reasons. These are just a few things. How much to keep in your emergency fund? I think that's a big issue. Too many people want to invest without even having an adequate emergency fund. There's a lot of things. Taxation is another one. Folks, I've really enjoyed spending my Sunday evenings with you, listening to the show, taking your calls, helping you solve your problems. My call-in number, I urge you to give me a call. I'm going to be off the air this summer, enjoying some quiet time with my family on Sundays, returning in the fall after Labor Day. My call-in number, if you're serious, this is your last opportunity to hear me on the air on Sundays, You can call me at 248-312-7217, schedule your free consultation, come in and pay me a visit this summer. I'm heavy into review season the next several months. I'm willing to take some of you in, sit down with you, and try to set you on the right path and review what you're currently doing in your approach. But take this opportunity. I've really enjoyed my time on the air with you. I'll be back this fall to help you out some more. But please, don't take the summer off. I'm not taking the summer off. I'm just taking time off the air and assisting my current clients and working with some of you that are still wanting to call on in. Again, that number is 248-312-7217. I've enjoyed my time with you once again this evening. Enjoy your Memorial weekend. I'm Roman Baczynski. You've been listening to Money Wise right here on AM 1400 The Patriot and 92.7 FM. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.
0: You've been listening to Money Wise with Roman Baczynski, heard every Sunday evening at 6 o'clock. Here's Roman with a
1: closing word. You've been listening to Money Wise. I'm Roman Baczynski, president of Oakwood Financial Network, a comprehensive financial services firm committed to helping qualified clients achieve long-term financial success by developing customized strategies to help grow, protect, and preserve your wealth. If you're like many of my clients, you've accumulated substantial assets through your career to help you prepare for this ultimate vacation called retirement. Now that you're getting closer to that goal, or perhaps already there, will your current approach give you the outcome that you desire? How do you know? Do you have a written plan that addresses all of your expenses, needs, lifestyle, and legacy goals? Have you factored in inflation? Have you properly prepared for not only your needs, but the needs of your family? Are you really looking at the big picture? One of the biggest mistakes that individuals make with their investment and retirement approach is chasing after investment returns with emotional purchases instead of sitting down and putting together a comprehensive written plan that addresses your entire situation. If you're a qualified individual getting closer to retirement and wondering if your current approach is going to get you the desired outcome, I invite you to contact me by calling my office tomorrow morning at 248-312-7217 and scheduling a complimentary, no-obligation, one-hour review of your current approach. The number again is 248-312-7217 or send me an email at oakwoodfn at natplan.com. That's o a k w o o d. Fn at natplan.com with any questions. Thank you and enjoy the rest of your evening.
0: Moneywise is sponsored by Oakwood Financial Network. Securities and advisory services offered through National Planning Corporation, member FINRA, CIPIC, and Registered Investment Advisor. Oakwood Financial Network and National Planning Corporation are separate and unaffiliated companies.